Everyone in the world would like to have a nice life. It's a common goal to live your best life or to live the good life. The concept isn't new and has been around for as long as I can remember. But to live the good life, to live the truly good life, Jesus is the way. So now we're going to look at four main points on how Jesus leads us to the better life. Let's first look at how Jesus corrects our misconceptions about the good life. What the good life means to many is material prosperity, pleasure, and popularity. Material prosperity meaning what you've accumulated as far as money and objects and things like that go. Pleasure meaning how you feel. And popularity meaning how much you are liked by others. These are the things that many would think on when thinking on the good life. However, many people would also agree that the good life revolves around peace and happiness. They think that if they have material, material blessing, material prosperity, pleasure, and popularity, that it will bring them these things. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, and we'll read verse 15. Let's look at how Jesus corrects this misconception. Luke chapter 12, and we'll read verse 15. It says, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. In other words, he's telling us not to be so wrapped up in the material things we own because they do not matter. Rather, look at what Jesus can offer you. Jesus offers us peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. John 14, 27. Jesus also offers us joy. In the next chapter in John 15, verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus offers us the very two things that many would consider essential components to the good life. He leads us to a better life because he sees and he identifies the real problem. He, number two, identifies the problems in our lives and take it away. The cause of our unhappiness and lack of peace is the things of the world. It's the sinful things like jealousy and pride that cause us to be unhappy. Jesus declared the source of the sinful hearts of men in Mark 7, verse 21 through 23. It comes from within, he says. We ourselves and what we choose to think are what cause us to be unhappy and unat peace. With Jesus, though, the problem is removed. Turn in your Bibles to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, we'll start in verse 3, and then we'll read all the way through verse 7. Titus 3, starting in verse 3. For we ourselves were once also foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. God has given us kindness, he's given us love, mercy, grace, and salvation through Jesus Christ and made us righteous in his sight. But to receive the blessings that are given through Christ, 
we must first be in Christ. This happens at baptism, according to Galatians 3 and verse 27. In simpler terms, sin is what causes us to be unhappy and have a lack of peace. Jesus gets rid of our unhappiness and lack of peace by removing our sin, and this happens through baptism. Not only does Jesus remove the problem, but he, number three, teaches us to seek after better goals. We as humans have a tendency to be more focused on the things of the world that in the end will vanish. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves will break in and steal. He tells us not to be so atta attached to the work uh, and work for the things that in the end will be destroyed, ruined, and maybe stolen. But to rather, in verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. In heaven, it's safe and it's secure. In 1 Peter 1, verse 4, it says, An inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Okay, we know not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth, but how do we go about laying up for ourselves treasures on heaven? You go about laying up treasures in heaven by living for Jesus and following his teaching, by being a living and breathing disciple of Christ. Turn over to Luke chapter 6 and verse 22. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. If you want to know what living for Jesus on a daily basis can look like, let's look together at verse 22 of Luke chapter 6. This is what living in Jesus can really look like. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and when they revile you, and cast your name out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. That's what being a disciple can look like. Jesus is saying, when you live for me, this is what you can expect. But he also goes on to say in verse 23, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your heaven is great. For in like manner the prophets, the, their fathers did to the prophets. We may be persecuted, but the reward in heaven is great. Jesus not only gives us newer and better goals, but he also, number four, he gives us all that we need. Once we learn not to make material things, pleasure and, and fame our main focus in life, but to instead focus on Jesus and his teaching, he'll then provide us with an unexpected amount of these very things. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, it says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. The world will set before us goals that many people cannot achieve, and if they are achieved, they do not satisfy. Jesus gives the whole world a goal that is easily obtainable, that will satisfy you, will make you a happier person, and will help you make it to heaven. If, the, if there is any doubt that the formula of living for Jesus doesn't work, look around the auditorium right now at people you know who are truly following Jesus. They are truly happy, and they are all at peace. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, I've, I've come that they may have life and, then they, and that they may have it more abundantly. If you are unhappy or do not have peace in your heart and are looking for a better life, why not let Jesus be the answer for you? Why not let him get rid of your sin and the cause of your unhappiness? Let Jesus guide you to the good life.
We have considered how Jesus is truly the way to a better life. Now, let us also consider why we can say Jesus is the way to eternal life. We will first see why Jesus is the way to eternal life, and then what he teaches us about it. The first reason why Jesus is the way to eternal life is because he paid the price for our sins. Please turn over to Isaiah 59, verse 2. Here, Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel regarding their hypocrisy. Again, that is Isaiah 59, verse 2. It says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So our sins have separated us from God, but it doesn't end there. Please turn to 1 Corinthians 6.20. This comes from Paul as he deals with lawsuits among the believers there. Again, that is 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. It says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. We then know Jesus redeemed us, or bought us back, by paying the price. Now, the second reason why Jesus is the way to eternal life is because he has prepared a place for us. As he told his disciples the night before his crucifixion, for I go to prepare a place for you. That's said in John 14, verse 2. And as the preparer for eternal life, Jesus is the only one who knows the way there. The third reason is because he will come and receive us to himself. We know this from John 14, verse 3 where Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. Now the fourth and final point is because he is what makes eternal life wonderful. For we will dwell with him and he will provide for us throughout eternity. Jesus makes eternal life what it is, which explains Paul's aspirations in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 where he says, yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. When we understand all of this, would there be eternal life without Jesus? Not according to the Bible. Jesus is truly the way to eternal life, which brings us to our second part of the lesson tonight. What does Jesus teach about eternal life? Firstly, Jesus teaches that eternal life is prepared for prepared people. In other words, you're not going to stumble into it by accident. For the way to life is such that few find it, and lack of preparation is the reason why. Jesus taught many parables to stress this point. An example would be the parable of the wedding feast, which can be found in Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. This parable shows a king who prepares a feast, and when he invites his guests to this feast, they either ignore him or kill his messengers. So the king destroyed the murderers, but since the feast was already prepared, he let in those off the street. This illustrates the idea that many are called, but few are chosen. Jesus also teaches that the only alternative to eternal life is eternity in hell. Hell is a prepared place for an unprepared people, and is the only place you can stumble into by accident. Please turn to Revelation 21, verse 8. Here, hell is vividly described by Jesus. 
Again, that is the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 8. It says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It is a judgment reserved for those who do not know God. What a terrible alternative to eternal life Jesus offers. In conclusion, God and Jesus have prepared a terrible fate for those who do not know God and for those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they certainly do not want people to experience this, for God desires all men to be saved, and Jesus is offered as a ransom for all. How much better would it be for you to come to Christ and let him be your way to a better life, to forgiveness of sins, to a loving and close relationship with God, and to eternal life with all of its prepared glory? If you need to obey the gospel by putting on Jesus through baptism, or you need prayers, please come forward as we stand and as we sing. <laughs>